Dunamis on Air. Welcome to Dunamay's On Air, a collection of podcasts from Dunamay's Arts Centre, Port Leash, funded by the Arts Council and Leash County Council. A word in your ear. The following podcast is part of a series of short plays written by Leash writers and performed by actors from local drama groups. The playwrights were mentored by David Butler, one of our Leash writers-in-residence in late 2020 funded by Creative Island Leash. We look forward to welcoming live audiences back to our theatre as soon as circumstances allow, but for now we hope you enjoy listening to these plays. The plays were recorded on the stage of Dunamay's Arts Centre in December 2020. Rita, Sue and Dad Too by Joe Murphy your home. What's all that stuff? Not more shopping. Oh, Daddy, it's just a few essentials. As long as it's not more shoes. Ah, for fix's sake, how many shoes do you need? A girl can never have enough shoes, and these were in sale, so in a way, I saved money. Not buying them at all would have saved more. Surely you're not going to deny your youngest daughter some stylish footwear, Daddy? No, but my bank account might. Look at these that came in the post today, all bills. Oh, well, let Bill have them then. Ah, very funny. How is the job searching going? I don't see you doing much looking. Oh, Daddy, stop moaning. There just isn't anything suitable out there at the moment. Well, we can't keep going on like this. You and your sister are spending like there's no tomorrow. You know, Rita booked a skiing holiday the other day to some place called Corolla or... or Corona. It's Cortina, Daddy. It's in Italy. Aye, well, whatever it is, I can't afford it. The two of you will need to get jobs soon. I'm not made of money. Ah, oh, don't be worrying. Something will turn up. I have some great news. You got a job? No, Daddy, of course not. Stop obsessing about that. We've got a new neighbour. What's great about that? Well, for one thing, he's really dishy. And he's single. But more importantly, he's loaded. I've just been talking to him and invited him over. He's on the way. What? Oh, for fixie. That's all I need. Some randy young pup sniffing around here. Ah, Daddy. He's different from all the others. He's got money. (gasps) Really? What does he look like? He's a bit like Daniel Craig, only younger and taller. He's really well off. He drives a sports car. Who's Daniel Craig? For God's sake, Daddy, Daniel Craig, you know, 
James Bond? Oh, him. I thought he was an old fella. Or is he dead? No, he's not. I don't know who you're thinking of. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Our new neighbour's name is Mark, and he's really nice. Oh, I can't wait to meet him. It's about time we had a bit of eye candy around here. Hands off. I spotted him first. All's fair in love and war. Although, when I think about it, if you fancy him, he's probably an owl fella. I'm not interested in some old fart, no matter what money he has. But a geriatric would probably suit you, Rita. Shut up, Susie. He wouldn't be interested in a silly little girl like you. You're both acting like silly little girls. What does this go by work at, anyway? He's in financial services. Something to do with derivatives. What the feck are they? I don't know, but it sounds great. Probably a scam artist. We'll be cleaned out, the little I have left. Don't be stupid, Daddy. He's got an educated accent and very well dressed. A sure sign of a chancer. I see him. You're right, Rita. He's not bad. And he's not ancient at all. I told you. Put the kettle on. How do I look? Daddy, tuck in your shirt. We have to give a good first impression. I'm all right. This chancellor can take me as he sees me. I wish you two would get half as excited about getting a job. I don't know what your poor mother would say about this carry-on. God rest her. Look, Daddy, this is my last chance of bagging a rich husband. Aren't you getting a bit ahead of yourself? You've just met the man. I know he's the one. We'll have a June wedding, after which I'll become hyphenated. I'll be Mrs. Brown and whatever his last name is. No more slaving in an office for a pittance of a salary for me. I'll be a lady of leisure with a wealthy dreamboat husband. Surely that's not too much for a girl to ask for? (laughs) And what about me? I might have a shot. Don't be ridiculous. Aye, and I'll have one less daughter sponging off me. You're certain he's not a raving lunatic or a criminal? Ah, Daddy, you think that about all the guys I go out with, but this time it's not true. He's perfect. The answer to all our problems could be walking up that driveway right now. Right, girls, look lively. Don't say anything stupid. My financial well-being could depend on it. Don't worry, no man can resist my feminine wiles. He'll be putty in my hands. (laughs) Feminine wiles? You mean you'll stick out your boobs and wiggle your bum in front of him? That's not what I mean at all. Oh, you can be so tactless sometimes, little sister. Not an attractive quality. For feck's sake, shut up, you two. He's here. (gasps) Oh my God, oh my my God. God. (laughs) Okay, everybody, play it calm. Oh, yes. I'm calm, I think. Do I look calm? It doesn't matter if I'm feeling calm as long as I look calm. I don't know if you look that calm. Open the bloody door. Good evening. I I hope I'm not intruding. I'm Mark Shepard. I'm your new neighbour. Oh, Mark, of course you're not intruding. Come on in. Let me introduce you to my father, James Brown. Uh, Hello, Mr Brown. It's good to meet you. How are you, Mark? You can call me Jim. James Brown makes me sound like someone else. Oh, like the godfather of soul. Godfather of what? (laughs) He's more like the father of woes. And this is my baby sister, Susan. 
Hello, Mark. I'm actually 19, but Rita is so much older than me. She always thinks of me as her baby sister. Oh, now, not that much older. Hello, Susan. It's lovely to meet you. Yes, you're lovely. I mean, it's lovely to meet you too. Susan, sweetheart, would you be a dear and get the tea ready? What? Why me? Oh, very well, sister dearest. Come along, Mark, and sit here. Don't go to any trouble on my account. That's no trouble at all. Oh, that's a nice watch you're wearing, Mark. Oh, yes, thank you. It's an Omega submersible. It's capable of telling the time at the bottom of the ocean. Oh, so expensive and very useful. You must be doing well for your se- said son to afford a yoke like that. What is it you work at? I'm with Good Bodies Stockbrokers. Is that right? Basically, I deal in commodities. Aye, commodities. Here, those are great things entirely. That's really fascinating. Susan, darling, is that tea ready yet? For feck's sake. I mean, yes, Rita, dear. Nearly ready. And I'll be working from home some of the time and will be entertaining important clients from there. What do you do, Rita? Well, I'm currently between jobs. I'm particularly choosy about my career, you see. Something that pays well. I want to be effluent one day. Uh, uh, don't you mean affluent? <gasps> oh, oh, yes, I suppose I do, silly me. Do you like your tea weak or strong, Mark? Oh, uh, weak, please. He said he likes it weak, Susan, dear. I heard him. I'm not deaf. Uh, and what is your line of work, sir? For fix's sake, call me Jim. My father is a recycling coordinator. Now, that's interesting. No, it's all rubbish, really. I beg your pardon? I'm a bin man. Basically, I empty out the bins. Oh, I see. Well, that's a very necessary public service. Father could have been anything, but he is very public-spirited. Susie, are you pouring yet? (sighs) Hold your horses. Oh, Rita, sweetheart, can you give me a hand? For God's sake. I'll be right back, Mark. Uh, Your daughters are are really nice, Jim. They're very friendly. Aye. I don't know where I'd be without them. They are two real gems. Do you take sugar, Mark? I I don't, thanks. You're sweet enough. Shut up, Susie. Oh, and and no milk either, please. (gasps) Of course. That's so classy. Stay where you are. I'll bring it over. There you go, Mark. Oh. Careful, it's hot. Oh, th- th- thank you, Rita. Would you like something with it? Anything at all? Well, I'm not sure, Rita. There's so much. Everything is there for you, oh. Mark. Anything you desire is right there in front of you. Is it? Yes, Mark, it is. A tart? Excuse me? Would you like a slice? Of course he does. Hurry up with it. This is all too much. You're very kind. Not at all. And what do you think of my glazed cherry buns? Mm, Yes, they look very nice. I baked them myself. Special recipe. Did you, Rita? I'm sure they're delicious. Baking is more than a hobby for me. It's really a passion. Yes, you seem quite passionate about it. (laughs) Daddy, what's wrong with you? Oh, something must have went down the wrong way. For fake's sake, Rita, give the man some air. He's perfectly fine. It's rhubarb. 
How about some cream? Well, I'm, I'm not sure. Oh, go on, Mark. Be bold. Well, if you insist. I do. Just let it flow all over. Oh, yes. Yes, maybe I will then. Hand me the cream, Susan dear, quick. Oh, I'd like to give you the cream all right, Rita Precious. Uh, is your sister upset about something? Ignore her. She's a bit temperamental. Rita, there's something I want to ask you. Yes, Mark? What is it? Well, Rita, you do have very special qualities that, that, that appeal to me. I do? I mean, do I, Mark? Yes, Rita, you do. And I know this might be a bit forward of me, but I was wondering... Yes, Mark? Oh, perhaps this isn't a proper place. Never mind, Em. They don't matter. Just tell me what it is, Mark. <laughs> well, all I ask that you is that you think about it. Rita, would you... The, the cream? Not now, Susie. Give me that. You were saying, Mark... Oh, oh, oh. oh, oh. oh no, I'm so sorry. Oh, it's quite all right. You fool. You're so clumsy. I do apologise, Mark. Uh, I, I assure you, it's, it's fine. I'll wipe it off. Get a clock. Quick. We can wash it for oh. you. It's no bother. Oh, oh, no. Oh, no, it's got on my watch. Oh, dear. But isn't it waterproof? Yes, yes, but is it cream-proof? It's not easy to wipe off. Oh, maybe it might be better if I put the cup on the table. Ah! Ah! Oh, oh. Now look what you've done. You've scolded oh. him. You poor man. Oh, aye. Oh. That's a sore dose, oh, all right. Oh, 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 the pain. That's boiling hot. It's your fault. If you weren't on top of him, it wouldn't have happened. You did that on purpose. You ruined everything on me. What are you saying? You were flirting so shamelessly, you wouldn't get out of the way. I was doing nothing of the kind. And you've never baked anything in your life. Those buns are bought in duns. That's not true. Don't listen to her, Mark. I don't think he's minding either of you. After you've roasted his crown jewels. Oh, oh, I'll have to go. The pain is excruciating. Please don't go. Um, do you want any help? What if we took off your trousers? Oh, oh, no, 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 I won't. Now that's fast even for you, Rita. Oh, oh God, he's fallen on the floor. Oh, no, Mark. Jesus, she's killed him. Now she's going to have to give him the kiss of life. Fix it. Don't encourage her. Get a glass of water, quick. Uh, oh, oh. I meant for him to drink. Oh, sorry. No, no, leave me. You've done quite enough. Thank you. Uh, Mark, come back. We're usually not this terrible. What was it you were about to ask me? Uh, I was wondering if you'd do a bit of hostessing for me. But I think I've changed my mind. Hostessing? Oh, crap. Will he be all right? Nothing a bit of soda cream won't fix, although he'll be out of action for a while. Well, that's the end of that dream. For the both of us. Oh, Mark, you, me and your money could have been so very good together. Oh. Never mind, Rita. There's plenty more fish in the sea. Oh, Daddy, I don't want a fish. I want a rich husband. Feck it. There's nothing else left to do. What are you doing? Looking in the classifieds for a job, getting a rich husband is just too much work. You are listening to Donna Maison Air. 
connecting artists with audiences beyond the walls of Dunamay's Art Centre. What's in a Name? by David Corey Welcome to Ballykinler by the Sea. Tom Whelan, me old flower. It is good to see you. I thought I'd seen the last of you when I was transferred from Beggar's Bush. I've missed you too, Tom. Like a pain in the backside. How in God's holy name did you get out? The whole world and his mother know you were identified in action on the 21st of November. Do you remember Frank Murphy? A harmless lad. Beaten around the ears on arrest. I do, of course. He was always asking you to repeat everything you'd said to him. Well, his name was called for transfer, but he didn't respond. When it was called for a third time, I stepped out. And Bob's your uncle. I was put in a lorry with the low-risk lads. I hope the British don't discover their mistake too soon. They'll be coming for you. I've burned my boats. If I'm brought for trial, nothing will save me from execution. God spare the day. Well, I don't intend to be the late Aidan Corrigan any time soon. Let's hope it doesn't come to that. I'm going to do everything possible to ensure that very unpleasant event does not take place. I pray to God it won't. Anyway, Tom, enough about me. What have you been doing with yourself around here? There's great camaraderie here. I've been reading, walking, and praying mostly. Oh, you're a great man for the praying. Maybe there's a priest in you yet. Oh, cut the plum, Moss Aidan. But I have come to realise that we are dedicating our lives to the cause of Irish freedom. How could you give over? In our own way, we are following in the footsteps of Robert Emmett, Podrick Pierce. Each footstep we take in this camp might bring us near the gallows. As you just said, let's hope that doesn't come to that. But wouldn't it be grand if after our execution we would return to see the pride and admiration that the whole country would have for us? like the heroes before us. No disrespect to those who went before us, but wouldn't the people be just as proud of those who gained Ireland's freedom and managed to avoid the gallows? Maybe so. And besides, you weren't in action on the 21st, so you won't be facing the hangman anyway. Ah, now, Aidan, there's no need to take it like that. The memorandum from headquarters said that this was not work a soldier would be ordinarily called upon to do and any man could back out, without blemish on his record. That's right. It was strictly a volunteer mission. Well, in all good conscience, I could not take part in shooting unarmed men in their beds. Don't get me wrong, Tom. You've every right to follow your conscience. But this is war. This was a military tactic. These were intelligence agents. This wasn't murder. Be that as it may, Aidan, but I prayed for the souls of those men at the very hour the killing was going on. I partook of the body and blood of my Redeemer and asked Christ to forgive our lads. I hope your prayers will be answered, but I don't expect the TANS or the RIC to show any forgiveness. But still, it's great to meet a man with such faith. I'm afraid I've always been a bit of a schemer to look after myself. You are a man of principle just the same. You believe in the cause, just like me. And you fight for the cause. <laughs> Who's a plum officer now? I heard that Paddy Morn is organising a defence with strong witnesses for the court-martial. 
Paddy was offered an escape from Arbor Hill, but refused to take it. God knows why. He had his reasons, I'm sure. This business of guilt, innocence and defence goes against the grain with me. Robert Emmett's and Patrick Pierce's defence was to justify their glorious actions, not some alibi to say that they weren't there. Trying to prove our innocence is far from the gallant stand that we were disciplined to take as principal actors. How do you mean, principal actors? I would expect men standing on trial for their lives would be considered to be principal actors. Or then again, maybe we're only pawns in the hands of skilful players. Here comes the Commandant. Corrigan, good to see you. I've heard through intelligence that you'd made it out of Beggar's Bush. You should have reported to me as soon as you arrived. Sorry, sir. I'll be off, so. Good luck, Tom. I'll have a word with you later. You've caused half the staff in Beggar's Bush to be put under close arrest. Go away. On suspicion of helping you escape. They are behaving more like a troop of Boy Scouts than an army of occupation. Ah, that's gas. But sooner or later, they'll discover that you've been transferred here. I'll need to escape. Unfortunately, that's not possible right at the minute. But we have another plan. What kind of, of plan if it's not an escape plan? We heard the auxiliaries raided your home in Great Brunswick Street, but couldn't find anything to identify you. My mother got rid of everything when she heard I'd been identified. But what's this got to do with an escape plan? That means that only the witnesses know what you look like. That's true. When the enemy sends for you, a volunteer will answer to your name. He will be taken to Dublin for trial. You will go on the run within the confines of the camp. But who would want to stick his neck out for me in these circumstances? Owen Slowey volunteered straight away. He hasn't been involved in any action to date and is keen to play his part. So... How is he here in the first place? He was only visiting Dublin. He's a Drada man. When he was picked up in the dragnet... But what happens if he's discovered? Or, or worse still, what if he's not discovered and ends up executed instead of me? Don't let that upset you, Corrigan. If Slowey manages to be tried as Aidan Corrigan, the Crown witnesses won't be able to recognise him when he appears in the dock. That's too much of a risk for any man to take. It will make a farce of the entire identification system and save the lives of other men who have been identified falsely or otherwise. Let's hope so. You'd better get used to it. You are now Owen Slowey, and Slowey is now Aidan Corrigan. That's an order. Yes, Commandant. By the way, sir, Aidan is not my real name. I was christened Hayden after the composer. Nobody could get their tongue around it, so they began to call me Hayden. And even that, even that was too much for them. Being called Aidan made life a lot easier all round. So you already have a, an alias. That's even better. What's in a name anyway? A, Hayden. Volunteer Slowey, sir. Dismissed. And Slowey, could you tell Tom Whelan I want to see him? Aidan, Joe brought some very bad news. Oh, Jesus. I'm sorry for your trouble, Tom. Is it your mother? Oh, no. It's nothing like that. Oh, thanks be to God. It can't be that bad, so... One of our lads, under torture, said that I was at 119 Lower Baggett Street. What? When Captain Bagley was shot. The traitor! Joe said it 
was probably because he knew I wasn't there. And sure, I wouldn't be harmed once they found out. We never give the names of our comrades, no matter what. At least we can go on the run together. That's not quite the way I see it, Aidan. You were involved in the action. I didn't have any hand, action or part in it. I don't think the Crown will make that distinction. Going on the run is not for me. I don't have your street wisdom. I'd be discovered too quickly. It would make me appear guilty. Every day you're alive and free is a bonus. I'll face my accusers at the trial. I was at Ringsend Church at the time. That's nowhere near Lower Baggett Street. That may be, Tom. But don't you think the British will have their pound of flesh? I spoke with the priest. I had Holy Communion. Manny will testify in my behalf. I'm totally innocent. Just being Irish means you're guilty. Go on the run with me. We'll look out for you. No. Thanks all the same. I am resigned to my fate. And I put my trust in God. I put my trust in Our Lady. But my mother always reminded me that God helps those who help themselves. I beg you to reconsider. Take the confidence offer to go on the run. You are gathered on parade because I have good news. I'm here to coordinate the release of two lucky prisoners. They are Aidan Corrigan and Thomas Whelan. McGrath, could you order the men to step forward? Tom, he says you're one of the lucky ones for release, but I don't believe a word of it. I'll not hand you over. Go on the run for pity's sake. No, Joe. I'm resigned to my fate. I'll hand myself over. Don't worry. They won't convict me. I'm Tom Whelan. I'm Aidan Corrigan. First class. Follow me, gentlemen. Commandant. It's hard to watch Owen bearing my name. Walking so proudly beside Tom. He's risking his life for me. Chloe, you're back, safe and sound, thank God. Our lady must have been uh, looking after you, Owen. Well, somebody was. I was interrogated for over a month with the same questions. Who were your comrades? Who were your officers? The auxiliary were the worst. They put me in a freezing cold bath and kept beating and kicking me. They half hung me. How did they discover you? All the while they believed I was Aidan Corrigan, until... An RIC man from my hometown recognised me, and the game was up. What happened then? They kept me in solitary until the court-martial was over. Tom Whelan and Paddy Morden were first to be hanged like dogs, two by two. 
then Patrick Doyle and Bernard Ryan, and Frank Flood and Thomas Byrne. And I would have been the seventh to swing. Only for you, Owen. Tom's mother, Bridget, saw him before he faced the hangman. She said he was happy, so happy and cheerful, you would almost imagine he was going to see a football man. <laughs> that was Tom. 40,000 people gathered outside the prison to pray. What about the alibis? The judge said the Catholic witnesses couldn't be trusted. The only question that arose is the exercise of the royal mercy. Mercy? From the crown? Some hope. They'll be coming for you again, Aidan. This time they'll be forewarned. You needn't worry, Sloy. Terry Rooney from Westport has volunteered to take your place. Then Fahey, a Galway man. And after him, Willie Nolan. And then William Stewart. There are over 1,000 men in Ballykinler, and each of them is willing and able to answer to the name Aidan Corrigan. Those men will risk ill-treatment and suffer torture for me and for Ireland. In fact, Corrigan, you will take on the permanent name of David Golden, a lad from South Circular Road. That way, even if the enemy gets a step ahead of us, they will still have the wrong man. None of those men will get any recognition for what they have done. You would have to be a dead man to be an Irish hero. Well said, Aidan Corrigan. I mean, of course, David Golden. Sure, what's in a name anyway? Only life or death. Thank you for listening to Dunamay's On Air. We look forward to presenting further podcasts over the months ahead, showcasing artists and performers we're sure you'd love to hear from and learn more about. For more, see dunamays.ie or search for Dunamays On Air wherever you find your favourite podcasts. Dunamays On Air is produced and presented by Dunamays Arts Centre, funded by the Arts Council and Leash County Council.